You're now tuned into Mike Check Life Life. Check, mic check, waifu, waifu. Damn, is that you? Polo, uh, echo, echo. echo. <laughs> What's up? This is episode 156 of Mic Check, waifu, waifu. As always, it's brought to you by Lou Complex. Make sure you go over to our friends at loucomplex.com. Use that offer code waifu to save on your entire cart. Also, go by don'ttalkshop.com. And it doesn't even look like I'm sponsored by either today because I'm rocking full Ilthy gear. So go to ilthy.com. I L. T-H-Y, not a sponsor, yet, yet, <laughs> yet. <laughs> love some Ilthy though. Yeah, definitely love some Ilthy, shout out to Ilthy. Um, this is uh, Mike Check, Waifu Waifu, the anime podcast brought to you every Tuesday at 9.30 a.m. EST. Um, we discussed seasonal shows and topics brought to you from them. Today we're going to be discussing, uh, we're going to be discussing our rewatch of Overlord, but before we do that, let's thank our Overlord, our Overlord, our Overlords, there you go, our Patreon producers, hey. AB, and Brown, Dre, the GOAT, G, Johnny for Analytical Podcast, where shit get critical, Ked the Pro, explicitly, Monique Williams, and Nachi, thank you so much for producing this and many other episodes of the podcast. We appreciate y'all so very much for producing this. Jean, um, very big episode. Very, very exciting episode. I'm giddy about it. Like, I've been giddy about it all fucking week. Not even going to hold you. Uh, it was about, what What day was that? Was that like Wednesday? Was that the day after we finished? Rec- no, the day after? Re- no. It was, nah, yeah, it was Monday. It was like Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah, the, so, quick. yeah so the episode that the uh, the day that the episode last week released, I finished Overlord. So, because again, we record on Sundays and then drop the episodes on Tuesdays. I finished season one. And uh, we're going to talk about that a lot, a lot, a lot later uh, as the main topic of the show. But, so how are you feeling this week? Man, I'm real good, bro. I'm good. I got. <sighs> A lot of sleep Ooh, yesterday. That's what I like to hear. A lot of sleep. You know, so you need sleep for your muscle recovery. Mm-hmm. And y'all know I work, I've been working out um, for the last few years. <laughs> <laughs> it's your job. <laughs> it, right. It's my job. Um, but yeah, uh, I haven't been getting as much sleep. So my, my cro- progress has been less than normal. Mm. So last month, not, not, that's not let's not say last month. In March, I lost some muscle mass, but I lost fat, right? Because mm-hmm. I've been kind of doing like this dirty bulking thing. Now I'm kind of going a little bit cleaner. And then May, I lost like 2% body fat, almost 3%, but it was clean. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was way better. And that's when I had gotten back to my regular schedule, trying to get my sleep together. But it's only supposed to go up once I actually get my sleep right. So I'm good, bro. Um, it was, it's been a good week. How about you? How you feeling? Uh yeah, well well rested myself. Um, like I said, extremely giddy about this episode. Looking forward to it. I've been looking forward to it fucking all week. There is a there is something I wanted to ask you though. 
before we get into the anime stuff, the anime of it all, you know, this is an anime podcast, as always. But we got to start off with a little bit of banter about something a little off topic. Now, I want to I want to save a full video game topic about the summer showcase and all that other stuff for After Story, the Patreon exclusive podcast that you can get exclusively on Patreon.com slash my check waifu waifu. So I'm not going to go into full, full video game talk, but I have to ask my brother, how, what do you think about Sonic Frontiers? Cause I know you've seen that the gameplay of that. So you already know I'm a huge Sonic fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's jarring. Mm, yeah. Um, I love like the aesthetic of it visually, right? And there's some things I think about it that are actually really, really cool. But what what I find out of place is like the rails and the the bounce pads and stuff like that. And the 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 speed boost pads mm-hmm. that seems wildly out of place in this world, and I wish that they had done it a little bit differently. Like if they were going to give us rails, they should have made them like trees, or if they were going to give us bounce pads, they should have made them mushrooms. Something that just feel more organic to where we are, because they feel like they just put a bunch of Sonic stuff in like Legend of Zelda Breath <laughs> of the Wild. Um, but I love the concept of the game and. I saw the the gameplay of them doing like the time races where you run from one side of the island to like the other side. And I thought that was dope, especially because with the concept of you don't have any guidance to get there. Yeah. You gotta make your own path and find the fastest route for you. Sure. And I thought that was dope because that's a that's kinda like a concept of what Sonic games should be like. In every Sonic game since the first one, you, there's multiple paths to get to the end. You just gotta try and find the quickest. So now it's like you actually scout, like scouting it out and making it yourself. So that's cool. I'm worried about it though. Yeah, I think I am too. It, it and I, the reason why I brought it up is because we talked about it maybe a couple of weeks ago, um, maybe last week too. I don't, I'm not sure. It was a couple of weeks ago. But when we discussed it, I was just thinking like, man, this. I feel like this frontier shit is their last opportunity, and it just looks awful to me. It looks terrible. Like it looks fucking god awful like they had the ground popping in they had every time he almost went fast go figure it's a sonic game the times mm-hmm. where he almost went fast literally the game just looked like it was dying was struggling like it was having a hard time even just keeping above 30 frames yeah. per second which is awful because this is next gen consoles come on like we're doing crazy shit now like we <laughs> we're not about to we're not about to be worried about sonic going slightly faster than than normal and and it just it's chugging. It looked it looked awful. What I, I listened to a podcast. I forget the video game podcast it just came from, but they said it looks like a fan made a, a Unreal Engine five world and just plop Sonic in it. And it's like one of those demos that that like uh, just a solo dude created and said, mm-hmm. "Oh look, this is what a Sonic game could be like if it was open world." It looked like that, and it looks just like that. I don't know if you've and- seen it seen it but there was people creating like when unreal engine 5 officially released it was people creating like spider-man and unreal engine 5 and it looked sick obviously it wasn't a proper game it looked like it kind wasn't of clean it wasn't clean exactly and that's exactly how this looks um i here's and here's my my overall perspective of it right even though i know we're on the next gen consoles right now right I almost feel like the, the the what they're going for this game has to almost be entirely PC based. Nah, because no. 
like I don't, there's I don't, no way for for uh, uh, the current consoles to be strong enough to support wrong. what they trying to do. Absolutely wrong. Them consoles. You think you think these consoles strong enough to do this? Billion percent. This is this should be nothing to the. This should be nothing. Even a PS fucking four can run this shit. Should be able to run this shit with the way it looks. These next gen consoles are probably just just equal with to my computer. My computer was thirty five hundred dollars. Like these consoles are legit now. They don't. They no fucking way that that game with the way it looked and the way it ran should have ran like that. Like no no chance in hell. No mm. chance. <laughs> it's and it's crazy how bad it was. <laughs> it was running like it's unbelievably bad. And that goes to show the game I wanted to to quickly touch on was looking like fucking like like Starfield. Yes, it was framey. It's a Bethesda game, of course. It it looks framey, but Starfield mm-hmm. has some shit in it that looks so fucking good. I was blown away. I'm like, what's going on here? Starfield looks amazing. Starfield looks amazing. It's Bethesda. I mean, but they haven't been on the up and up lately. I mean, so their, their last they W was game every eight years. <laughs> their last W was Skyrim. So yeah, and they have Fallout Four, which is trash. And, well, it was and a lot of people's movie. opinion, Oblivion was better than that. Exactly, it's, it's true, true. Um, and before that, they was torn on Morrowind because Morrowind had, like, they say, a better arena. Morrowind but, popped off, but yeah, it, yeah, it it literally just it it was it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. We'll talk about that in the game and the in the game talk of after story because that we got to go into that in, in grave detail about all the shit I, that got going on in that. I did have a, a little bit of a, a little game that I want to talk about too, and it was just interesting to me. Uh, I was wondering your perspective on this. They drop Diablo Immortals. Mm-hmm. And then give us gameplay for Diablo 4. Yeah. But Diablo 4 doesn't look bad. Diablo 4 looks like... Incredible. A game I would love to play. So, and while Immortals is cool and all, I looked at Diablo 4 and I said... So, so the problem with Diablo Immortals is developed by NetEase. I don't know if you're hip to who NetEase is. NetEase is, yeah. a, is an Eastern company. They do mostly gotcha games and, and games that that bring in a shit ton of money okay so they developed Diablo Immortal Diablo Immortal is a fucking fantastic like it plays extremely well on both PC and phone like I love the way they both play but the monetization is so eastern it's so Asian that it is a big ass turn off like I can't I don't want to play it for too long because I'm tired of fucking pop up saying buy this now for your 800, 800% discount I'm so I'm so sick of that shit I don't want that shit standing in my face <laughs> constantly they do they got they got shit, shit in there that's like hey you can get this for 99 cent that's an 800% discount I'm like bro but what is the original you, you create the prices so you're artificially creating this price discount and when we don't even know what the fucking original price, the original price was four ninety nine. Now it's not like it's just it's so fucking irritating. And I was so yeah. sick of that shit popping up. I, I I stopped playing, even though I was having so much fun. I had to. I had to. Okay, this is an anime podcast. I promise. Um, we got a lot of anime stuff to talk about. First, tell what was your episode of the week this week? I don't know. Summertime um, rendering. I'm gonna just say it. Summer. It's it's impossible. We can't hold off any longer. <laughs> This episode was so fire. I it agree just, with that. It was just too good, man. <laughs> I know we try not to give it to summertime rendering every time, but this was impossible. This was episode ten, I think, of summertime rendering. It was impossible just not to give it to it. It was. It's a. 
a very enticing episode in general. Just the way they give us information is always amazing. Right. Um, yeah. It was uh, episode nine of some time rendering. Yeah, episode nine, crazy. <laughs> it went so crazy. <laughs> I can't wait to like talk about that in the second half of the show as well. For this episode, for the second half of the show, we're going to spoil Summertime Rendering, episode nine. Spy Family. Uh, wasn't really much to this one, but I did like this episode too. It was another really good episode, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was fun. Yeah, we'll talk about episode 10 of Spy Family. And last but not least, episode 10 of Tommy Dachi Game. I do want to talk about that for sure. For sure, because that was fucking strange, very strange. And I got a, and I got a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Idea. Yes, of what is actually about to happen. Yeah. And it's about to be a big twist, quote unquote. Anyway, stay tuned for that. That takes place after the break, after the song break. All right, uh, tell man, big time, big time. We already been going for twelve minutes. God damn. Let's we talking, go. Are we talking about games that long? I don't feel it like wasn't it. that long. It wasn't that long. All right. So the main tots, the main topic of the show is okay. Let me just back up. For those of you that don't know, we are doing an Overlord rewatch of all three seasons up until Overlord Four. Overlord Four drops in July sometime when the, when the summer anime drops. Pretty much every <coughs> summer anime drops in July, so we probably won't do our summer uh, our summer choices until like I'm thinking maybe two three weeks from now. Two weeks maybe. Sound good. Probably two weeks. Probably makes the most sense. We'll do, or we should probably do another episode where we create our our top. Uh, what did we do? F- top five list for the season with that scoring system we had. Yeah, we can do that. Yeah, we do that uh, next week. Prop no. Is that the last? Is most? Is everything ended next week? Uh, the shorter shows are going to be hitting like episode 11, 12. Mm-hmm. 11 episode eleven for most of them. I think only one right now is on episode eleven. Got you, got you. Okay, and there's a couple like Shikamori not just cute. That's on episode eight because mm. they skip they skipped a week. Okay, yeah, a lot of shows are ending in two weeks, so we'll we'll probably do that too. Uh, but yeah, we were doing an Overlord rewatch. We're gonna start off. We're gonna do a season a week starting last week. So the last week we watched season one of Overlord. Next week we're gonna watch season two, and then week three we're gonna watch season three. Um. Yeah, we started off with Overlord season one. So before we start off with our our discussion on it, I did a little bit of little bit of digging on Overlord. So I'm just going to go over this little quick, quick recap before we start the actual discussion. So season one aired July 7th, 2015 to September 29th, 2015. It was produced by Madhouse Studio, directed by Nayuki Ito. It was a uh, 13 episodes that covered three volumes of the light novel up to chapter 14. The original story was created was a web novel created by Kugane Moriyami, um, which is crazy to even think about because it was a it was a web novel that was basically fan fiction when it got popular. Funny enough, like it was just like he would take ideas from the audience and say, "Hey, what do you think so and so should die? Yes or no?" Um, did he would he would write it based off of that? So that was a really cool note that I got from researching this, but. Yeah, um, the story takes place in 2138 when a virtual reality gaming when virtual reality gaming is booming. Idrisil, a popular online game, is quietly shut down. Uh, one day, it, it was it ran from 2126 AD to 2138 for about 12 years. Very interesting story. 
very interesting story. So what are your initial thoughts of Overlord season one? Uh, I feel like my first watch of it, I was very, very intrigued and enjoyed this, this, the watch a lot. My second rewatch of it, I feel like I'm, I'm more critical. Mm -hmm. Um, but overall, if I'm being completely honest, I really don't have any complaints about it for the first season. I, I found a lot of it enjoyable. Um, I think, yeah, it, it's just, it was something, I guess, it, I'm not going to say it was fresh, but it, it still felt, I, I'm going to say it still feels kind of fresh for yeah. what it is. It's different to the other ones that are like it, you know, mm -hmm. in terms of like the exposition that's given information how things are carried out or done mm -hmm. all the way up until like the last moment of the show it, it seems like very well thought out and methodic yes um a couple of weeks ago a few weeks ago i think i talked about shows and it was specifically about spa family about the pacing and how sometimes the pacing can go so well that episodes end extremely quickly for some reason watching this show every episode just felt like it was just 10 minutes long and i'm just like what it's over what it's over <laughs> what it's over it, it it was just it was for me for me the rewatch was even better than when i originally watched it like it was to me way better and the reason being is because looking at it from from the quote-unquote critical eye i guess it it's this fucking this story is again so unbelievably unique to any other isekai that we've watched that is, i don't want to say too i don't want to go into anything that that i know from season two and season three i'm just going to try to avoid that completely but from season one the 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 knowledge of the world that we have is again what we talk about all the time is the same as the main character the main character knowing what he knows is what we know as the as the viewer and that i can appreciate so much so much because it's just incredible the way the way they try to <laughs> the way they establish momonga's personality and how his personality can be literally suppressed due to his race in the game Idris still has thousands of races in in that game which is something that is already in itself really hard to write around it has hundreds mm -hmm. of classes which can then be changed like hundreds of class changes and mixes and matches the game Idrisil is so detailed and they briefly touched on it and I, I, I kind of know a little bit more from just doing like I said the research I've done for this but right. it's so detailed that the way they write around that with this show and explain everything was some of the most entertaining shit I've seen in an isekai because <laughs> because they had to take three volumes which is about 800 something pages and condense it down to 13 episodes which I, th I feel like they did extremely extremely well yeah. extremely well when it came to like the pacing and, and what the story covered and how it covered it like I felt I, I felt like the way the way it transported us between different stories was also extremely special too. It was, we would sit in the pocket here and that pocket would be, you know, you fall in love with this character, you, you like this character for that character to just have a whole nother fucking just change up or somebody coming in and fucking that whole dynamic up. It's special. It's a, it's a special show to me. 
I think that one of the big differences from this watch through for me was that uh, I watched from the perspective of like me thinking about being a gamer, right? Yes. Like I already know MMOs aren't necessarily my my favorite game type in general, mm-hmm. but I love I love a game where you have a lot of options in terms of creativity. Mm-hmm. Um, I love when there is a bunch of different like let's say spells, magic, and I, I like the the custom customability or customization to change and switch and whatnot, right? Exactly. And looking at how they kind of carry some of these things, I was really cool. One of the things that you, that you actually reminded me of when you just said it is a uh, how there's thousands of races, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the things I just thought was cool without going into too much detail, but I'm pretty sure whoever's listening, I hope y'all watched it with us. Uh, they talked about how humans can only make low level, you know, undead. Yep. But then they said, well, we can go and use the lizard men and they will make stronger undead. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I didn't, I necessarily didn't even think or catch that the first time I watched it, yeah. that that was specifically why they avoided, you know, doing the humans, not because Momonga or Ayn's al Ghul uh, loved humans that much because he told us in the beginning, he necessarily doesn't feel anything for them in his current state because he is a skeleton. So right. the, 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 his emotions for humans are suppressed at the moment. But I thought that was a cool concept because now we know, depending on what he uses or what he goes after, it can create a different desired effect. Right. And that's just like, that's just kind of going off, piggybacking off what you said, that the 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 ability that the author showed to write around the concepts that he created is, is crazy. It's great. It's, he built Idrisil first and then worked his way around that, which is always genius writing in my personal opinion like you if you build the world first and then build your characters around that world you're going to have a successful show manga web novel whatever whatever you want to call it because i i think you care so much about the world that anything that the character does do in it has to make sense and because of that it it is it's above all else in storytelling so for those of you that don't know um again as i said in like the, the brief synopsis is Overlord takes place, well, it, it was taking place in a game called Idrisil. It starts off with our character. Uh, his name is Momonga, but he changes his name throughout the show to Ainz Ulgon. It starts off with him and Idrisil. Idrisil is on its last day of the server going being live. So if you're familiar with MMOs, from time to time, MMOs shut down from, you know, long cycles of of, of gameplay, i.e. this one being 12 years. This was live for twelve years. Him and his friends created created a guild um, called the Great Tomb of Nazarek. Uh, the guild, or the, the guild, was actually called I. I think the guild was called Aizugo. Yeah, the guild was named Aizugo. They they had a what what's like a, a player housing situation where it was called the great tomb of Nazarene, And that's basically their guild house, um, guild house being like their clubhouse where all their, the, the guild members or, or clan mates would go and hang out. It was 41 members inside of this guild. This guild was basically, uh, made up of undead and, 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 and inhuman monsters, quote unquote, or players that had to find a place to find, to call home because in the game of Idrisil, <laughs> so so fucking cool. I'm a if y'all don't know, I'm a big MMO fan. I I twist stream MMOs. That's literally my my career. But in Idrisil, player like human player characters can PvP, which is player versus player kill, inhuman players without any penalties. So let's say for example, if I'm a player, like I'm I'm a human. My class is a human 
character in Tell's class is a human class character. If Tell kills me, he gets punished for killing me, which then means he either his gear goes down or his level goes down or whatever. And this, in particular, in Idrisil, if you're an inhuman, so if you're a skeleton, zombie, any other type of monster character, player, human players can kill you, not take any punishment. They can kill That's you. Dope, by the way. Yeah, they can kill you, take your loot, take your gear, all that shit. So what the uh, the guild Eins Ogon did was create this place, this safe haven for all non-human characters to go and feel welcome. Now, Eins Ogon became one of the biggest guilds in Idrisil. They, they were like number ranked number eight in the entire video game of Idrisil. <laughs> they were like top, top shit. Um, they were extremely powerful. Um, their their main members, I think their main members were made up, I believe, of of five or six main components or main characters that end up being like the close friend group, group of people essentially that created these NPCs, which are non-player characters, as servants to serve them and help protect the Great Tomb of Nazarek, which is their guild house. These servants are they're called guardians which they guard mm-hmm. certain floors of, of of the tomb to stop the player characters from invading their tomb to try to take these world class items that eyes will go and kept inside of the great tomb of Nazarek mm-hmm. it, it's so it's so fucking deep <laughs> it goes it goes so deep so excuse me if I'm talking too much but you, to get the context of the show you have to understand this part of the show itself if you're watching it with us you already know this but i just get so giddy with talking about it because it's so fucking <laughs> it's so fucking creative um essentially at the end of the life cycle of the game will go is sitting the game has been running for 12 years uh momonga which is who becomes aizongo he sits in the game where he still played consistently while all his other friends grew older. They grew older, they had families, they had jobs, they had work. They slowly stopped playing Idrisil. So with the 12th year of Idrisil, when it's about to shut down, he asked his guildmates, hey, you know, let's come hang out in the Great Tomb of Nazarek for one last time before the game shuts down. Only a couple of them showed up. Um, and, the, and the show starts off with him talking to one of the guys, one of his last, I guess you can call them like best gaming friends, just talking about or reminiscing about what they did in Idrisil. And they're basically just discussing it and saying like, look, <laughs> you know, like I haven't played in so long and it's it's great to see that you still keeping the, the guild house going or you kept the guild house going and kept it as strong as it is. It is. Um, right. And he says, you know, hopefully we can meet in real life and we can hang out or whatever. And Momonga's just like, yeah, real life, whatever. He's like, <laughs> he's like, basically like, fuck real life. I'm dedicated to Idrisil for life. <laughs> um, and then it it's it the, the the guy logs out and he's the only one left in in the Great Tomb of Nazarek. He's left with all the NPC characters, which are the guardians. Um, mm-hmm. And he's basically sitting there staring at him like, hey, this is the last time I'm gonna be with you guys, so let's spend this time together. Mm-hmm. And as the clock ticks down. You can watch the clock. It hits midnight. When it hits midnight, the servers are supposed to be shut down. Or you could say the servers did shut down. Um, when they shut down, our boy Momonga is still in the game. Hey. <laughs> He's like, uh, hello. Tries to log out. Tries to bring up any screen. Tries to, tries to reach message. the DMs. Tries to message anybody. He can't. 
He's basically in the game <laughs> now. And from there, that's where this story takes off. The fucking story literally takes off. It start, It takes off from like you, you being slowly introduced to the floor guardians and him trying to understand the situation that's going on. Um, him talking to the guardians was so fucking cool about this show. And specifically the dub version of the show. Well, both versions of the show do the same thing. But I think the dub is just so fucking good when it comes to its main cast of characters, i.e. Ainzulgon or Momonga and the Floor Guardians. His character has a completely different voice, which is voiced by the same voice actor, by the way, which is Chris Guerrero. Fucking incredible voice for uh, for Momonga. Like, the skeleton, like, he feels fucking menacing with his voice. It's so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure... If it is, but I believe it is. I think this is my first time watching this dubbed. Mm. And going in initially, I was like, I'm not sure about this. But literally five minutes in, I'm like, oh yeah, this is cool. <laughs> this this is okay. Like I don't Bro, have any fire. problems with like the main voice acting cast. Like right. the main voice acting cast is great. And even like the the side voice actors and whatnot, like they weren't horrible. The only voice I I think I didn't like was the the, the the thief girl there it is yep I think she the only one and for me the only one was uh was the village girl yeah I'm like uh, it just it's she just sounds like she's reading it just it just sounded like it just sounded off oh like she was a new voice actor yeah like she was brand new at this shit I mean I heard her voice before but it never sounded this well I guess it was 2015 maybe that was her first role I have no idea but like it was <laughs> it, it was it was bad but people like you know brain he sounded cool fucking mm-hmm. um master geoff is his name i think his name is this geoff geoff or something like that. yeah i think geoff is his name yeah he sounded fucking incredible he was a great voice actor i've heard in plenty of other things it was a lot of like albedo sound great oh, oh my god albedo was fucking amazing <laughs> she was incredible uh shaltiers was great she's always fucking fantastic in anything and she plays in. I know it's probably not everybody else's favorite, but the big uh, carapace looking bug dude, I love his voice. Which one is that one? The the blue dude who looked like a, a oh, samurai. Oh, Kokaitis. Yeah, him. Kukaitis. I love his voice. Yeah. And it's just because it's like, he's so like proper, but yes. also like menacing. Too. When he said that shit, I'm going to be uncle. <laughs> I was like, hey. I'm like, okay, this is great. Was <laughs> was Okay, so let's get into what's, what's what what didn't you like about Overlord season one I mean <laughs> I, I'll be honest uh I, I can't I can't really pinpoint anything like, I was <laughs> I trying that. to be I was trying to be more critical I was trying to be more analytic analytic and or analytical in general when I was watching this right and there's nothing I, I looked at and I said I, I hate this this right. specifically. Um, the, like I said, I didn't like that one voice actor, but it was just because of how her voice played out. Mm-hmm. But the other characters, their motivations, how things kind of played out in general. Mm-hmm. Nah, nah, I was cool with that. Yeah, because, I was cool with that. Because what Overlord is 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 him being in his world and mind you, the Great Tomb of Nazarene, which is the Guild House, literally was teleported. It wasn't just that. Ainzulgon or Momonga was stuck inside of Idrisil because when he walked out of the tomb, it was a whole nother world that he's never even seen before. Right. Like, not in Idrisil, not anywhere. 
So what the story is essentially doing is it's creating this line of of what do we do if Mamonga, me being a player, stuck in a world that is not Idrisil, but I have my the great tomb of Nazarek here, and he just goes through giving orders and shit to everybody. And I think the way that that plays out, the moves he make, um, the moves his floor guardians make, and their their personalities so unique. I think there is lit. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with the story whatsoever. I think what we could have gotten is a little bit more, um, I guess, explanation into who the floor guardians are, like a deeper dive into uh, Kukaitis and a deeper dive into um, Demiurge and a deeper dive into Albedo. And and I will say as a counter to what you just said, um, they haven't necessarily opened that up yet, only for the fact of like, um, because they did open up a little bit 